0: Tyrion. A horse uh, whickered impatiently behind him. From amidst uh, the ranks of gold cocks drawn up across the road, Tyrion could hear Lord Guyless gothian as well. He had not asked for Guyless, no more than he'd asked for Sir Adam or Jellabox or, or any of the rest. But his lord father felt the wrong mortal might take ill if only a dwarf came out to escort him across the Blackwater. Truffle should have met the Danish man himself. He reflected as he sat waiting, but he would have marked it up, no doubt. Of late, the king had been repeating little yeets about the Danish that he had picked up from Miss Tyrell's man-at-arms. How many dornishmen does it take to show a horse? Nine. One to do the showing, and eight to lift the horse up. Somehow Tyrion did not think Doran Martel would find that amusing. He could see their banners flying as the riders emerged from the green of the living wood in a long dusty column. From here the river only bare black trees remained a legacy of his battle. Too many banners, uh, he thought surely, he, as he watched uh, the ashes uh, kick up under the hooves of the Prussian horses, as they had beneath the hooves of the Tyrell van as it smashed Stannis in the flank. Martel's Both of the lords of Dorne, by the look of it, he tried to think of some goo that might come of that, and failed. How many banners do you count? He asked Bronn. The sowered knight shaded his eyes. Eight, no, nine. Tyrion turned in his saddle, but came up here. Describe the arms you see. And tell me which houses uh, they represent. Roderick Payne edged uh, his jail uh, closer. He was carrying the royal standard, Geoffrey's great stag and lion, and struggling with uh, its weight. Bramble, Tyrion's own banners, the lion of Lannister, gold on crimson. He's getting taller, Tyrion realized as Pod stood in his for a better look. He'll soon tower over me like all the rest. The lad had been making a diligent study of Dornish heraldry at the tyrant's command, but as ever he was nervous. I can see. The wind is flapping them. Brown tell the boy what you see. Brown looked very much denied today in his new doublet and clock, the flaming chain across his chest. A red sun on orange, he called, with a spear throughout its back. Martel, Podrick Prince said at once, visibly relieved. How's Martel of Sun's spear, my lord? The Prince of Dawn. My horse would have known that one, said Tyrion dryly, Give him another brown. There's a purple flag with yellow bows. Lemons, Pod said hopefully. A purple field strewn with lemons. Poor house dolt of of Lemon Hood. Might be. Next, uh, a big black bird on yellow, something pink or white in its clothes. hard to say with the banner of laughing. The bull, too, of Blackmont grasps uh, a baby in its talons, said Pod. How's Blackmont of Blackmont, sir? Brown laughed. Reading book again? Books will ruin you. Girls, who I boy, I see a skull too, a black banner. The crowned skull of man manhoodie, bone and gold on black. Pod sounded more confident with every correct answer. The Manhood of a king's grave. They're black spiders. They are scorpions, Sir Owser cold guile of sandstone three scorpions black on red red and yellow are a good line between the flames of hell hot. how the other Tyrion was impressed the boy is not half stupid once he gets his tongue untied go on Potter, he urged if you get them all oh, i'll make you a gift i pie with the red and black slices Said Brown, There's a gold hand in the middle. How's the alien of God's grace? A red chicken eating a snake looks like the gargons of South Shore, a cockatrice, sir. pattern not a chicken red with a black snake in its beak. Very good, exclaimed tyron One more lad. Ron scanned the, the ranks of the approaching Darnishman, that's a uh, golden fire feather on green cheeks, a golden keel, sir. Jordain of the tour. Tyrion laughed, nine and well done. I could not have named them all myself. That was a lie, but it would give the boy some pride and that uh, he badly needed. What brings brings some formidable companions, it would seem. Not one of the outspots had named was more or insignificant. Nine of the greatest lords of dawn were coming up, the kings road, them or their ears, and somehow Tyrion did not think they had come all this way just to see the dancing bear. There was a message here. And not one I like. He wondered if it had been a mistake to ship Mersala down to Spear. "My lord," the boy said a little timidly, "there's no litter." "Tutored," his head sharply. The boy was right. Doran Martel always travels in litter. The boy said, "A covered litter with silk hangings and, and sons on the drapes." Tyrion had heard the same talk. Mr. was past 50 and goaty. He may have wanted to make faster time, he told himself. He may have feared his litter would make too tempting a target for brigands, or that it would prove too cumbersome in the high passes of the wrong way. Perhaps his goat is better. So why did he have such a bad feeling about this? This waiting was intolerable. Banners forward, he snapped. It. We'll meet them, he kicked his oars. Brown and Paul forward, one to either side. When the Dornishmen saw them coming, they spurred their own mounts. Banners rippling as they rode. From their ornate saddles was slung the round metal shields they favored and many carried bundles of short-throwing spears or the double-covered Dornish vows they used so well from all Sevec. So there were three sorts of Dornishmen. The first king the Aaron had served. There were the salty Dornishmen who lived along the coasts, the sandy Dornishmen of the deserts and long river valleys, and the stony dornishmen who made their fastness in the passes and eats of the red mountains. The salty dornishmen had the most rohenish brood, the stony dornishmen to the least. All three sorts seemed well represented in Doran's rich retinue. The salty dornishmen were lithe and dark with smooth olive Skin and long black hair streaming in the wind. The sandy Dornish men were ever darker. Their faces burned round by the hot Dornish sun. The wound-long bright scarves around their arms toward off sunstroke. The stony Dornishmen men were biggest and fairest. Sons of the Anders and the First Men, brown-eared or blonde, with faces that freckle or burn in the sun instead of browning. The Lord wore silk and satin robes with jeweled belts and flowing sleeves. Their armor was evilly enamelled and inlaid with varnished copper, copper, shining silver, and soft red gold. They came astride with horses and golden ones, and a few as pale as snow thin and swift, with long necks and narrow, beautiful heads. The fabled sand steeds of his own were smaller than proper war horses and could not bear such weight of armor. But it was said that they could run for day and night another day and never tire. The Danish leader forked the standing back. As sin, black as sin, with a mane and tail, the color of fire. He sat, he said, uh, as if uh, he had been born there, tall, lean, graceful. A cloak of pale red silk fluttered from his shoulders, and his shirt was armored with overlapping rows of copper disks that glittered like a thousand bright new pennies as he rode. His height, uh, did, uh, the hand displayed a copper sun on its brow, and round shields hung behind. him bore the sun and spear of our on its polished metal surface. A mortal sun, ten—but ten years too young, Tyrion thought, as he reined up. Two feet as well, and far too fires. He knew. But he must still will by them. How many dornish does it take to start war? He asked himself, only one. Yet he had no choice but to smile. Well met, my lords. We had word of your approach. And his grace, King Geoffrey, bid me ride out to welcome you in his name. My father, the king's hand sends his greetings as well. He finds... He feigns an I'm, 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 I'm confusion. Which of you is the Prince Doran? My brother's health requires he remain at some spear. The Prince Lin removed his arm. Beneath, his face was line and uh, Saturnine with thin arched brows above large eyes as black as shiny as pools of coal oil only a few streaks of silver marred the lustrous black hair that receded from his brow in a widow's peak as sharply pointed as his nose a salty darnish for certain prince doran has Send me to join King Geoffrey's council in his stead as it in his stead, as it pleased his grace. His grace will be most honored to have the council of a world as renowned as Prince Auberian of Dawn, said Tyrion, thinking this will mean blood in the gutters. And your noble companions are most welcome as well. Permit me to acquaint you with them, my lord of Lannister, Sir Desil elder of Lemonhood, Lord Tremont Galablan, Lord Ama Aller and his brother Sir Uwig. Sir Euron Alirion, and his daughter son Sir Demon's son, the bastard of God's grace. God's grace. Lord De Guzman is brother Sir Miness. His sons are more than deacon, Sir Aaron a gold guile, and never let it be thought that I would neglect the ladies. Miriam Jardine, hair to the tall lady, Rolara Blackmount, her daughter, Linessa, her son, Paris. He raised a slender hand toward a black-haired woman to the rear, beckoning her forward, and this is Laria Sand, my own paramour. Tyrone saw with a groan his ambassador-born, Cersei so will pitch a fit if he wants her at the wedding. If she consigned the woman to some dark corner below the salt, his sister would risk the red vipers of wrath, seat her beside him at the high-table, and every other lady on the days was like to take offence. Did Prince Doron mean to prove a to provoke a quarrel. Prince Oberyn wields his oath about to face his fellow Darnishman. Eliria lords and ladies says see how uh, well King Geoffrey loves us. His grace has been so kind as to send his own uncle in to bring us to his court. Bronzlodd back, lather, and him before. Sir must feign amusement as well. No, my lords, that would be too enormous a task for a little man like me. His own party had come up on them, so it was his turn to name the names. Let me present Sir Flameth Rox here to honorable Lord Gilles of Rosby. Sir Adam Marbrand, Lord Commander of the City Watch, Jalabarzo, Prince of the Red Flower Bay, Sir Ari Swift, my uncle Kevin's good father, my marriage, Sir Marlon Caracal, Sir Philip Foote, and Sir Brown of the Blackwater, two heroes of our recent battle against the and his and my own squire, young Podrick of Ausfain, the names I had nice ring in. Sound as Tyrion reared them off, but the bears were no wise and near as distinguished, no formidable company as those who accompanied the Prince Oberyn, as both of them knew full well. my Lord of Lannister,' said Lady Blackmond, "'we have come a long duty way, a rest and refreshment will be most welcome, might we continue on to the city at once my lady timour turned his horses ahead and called to sir adam marbrandt the mounted gold clocks formed the greatest part of his honor guard turned their horses crisply at sir adam's command and the column set off for the river and king's landing beyond Nimrod Martell, Tyrion muttered under his breath as he fell his beside the man, the red viper of Dawn. And what in the seven hells am I supposed to do with him? He knew the man only by reputation, to be sure, but the reputation was fearsome. When he was no more than sixteen, Prince Oberyn had been found about with the permission of all the large. Euronwood, a huge man of fire's reputation and short temper, a duel ensued. Though, in view of the prince's youth and high birth, it was only to first blood. Both men took cuts, and Honnor was satisfied. Yet Prince soon recovered, while Lord Euronwood's wounds festered and killed him. Afterward, men whispered that Oberyn had fought with a poisonous sword, and ever thereafter friends and foes alike called him the Red Viper. That was many years ago, to be sure. The boy of sixteen was a man past forty now, and his legend had grown deal darker. He had travelled in the free cities, learning the poisonous street and perhaps started darker still if rumours could be believed. He had studied at the citadel going so far as to forge six things of a master's chain before he grew bored. He had sojourned in the disputed lands across the narrow sea, riding with the second sons for a time before forming his own company. His journeys, his battles, his duels, his oses, his carnality. It was said that he battered man and woman both, and had bug- and had begotten bastard girls all done. The sun snakes men called his daughters. So far as Tyrion had heard, Prince Oberyn had never feathered son, And of course, he had crippled the ear to a garden. There is no man in the Seven Kingdoms who will be less welcome at a terrible wedding though to thought to, to send Prince Oberyn to King's Landing, while the city is still also low mart, mart-, mart- Mast- Mast- Irel, two of his sons and thousands of the year men at arms was a vocation as dangerous as Prince Oberyn himself. A wrong road, an ill timed east, a look that all it will take and our noble allies will be at one another thwarts we have met before. The Dornish prince said lightly to Tyrion as they rode side by side along the king's road, past Ashen, fields and the skeletons of trees. I would not suspect you to remember, though you were even smaller than you are now. There was a mocking edge to his voice that Tyrion misliked, but he was not about to let the astonishment provoke him. When it was uh, this, my lord, he asked in tones of polite interest, Oh, many and many years ago, when my mother ruled in Dorne and your lord father was handed to a different king, not so different as you might think, reflected Tyrion. It was when I visited Costa de Roque with my mother here at her concert and my sister Elia. I was uh, 14, 15, there about, Elia a year older. Your brother and sister were 8 or 9, as I recall, Elio had just been born. A queer time to come visiting, his mother had died giving him birth so the Martells would have found the rock deep in mourning, his father especially. Lord Tywin seldom spoke of his wife, but Tyrion had heard his uncle's talk of the love between them. In those days, his father had been uh, a hand, and many people said that Lord Tywin and Esther ruled the Seven Kingdoms, but Lady Johanna ruled the Lord Tywin. He was not the same man after she died Imp. His uncle Grey told him once the best part of Imp died with her. Tyrion had been the youngest lover of Titus, Lannister's four sons and the uncle Tyrion liked the best. But he was gone now, thus beyond the seas, and Tyrion's sons, himself had put Lady Joanna in her grave. Did you find Castle Rock to your liking, my lord? Scarcely, your father ignored us the whole time we were there, after commanding Sir Kevin to see to our entertainment. The cell they gave me had a feather bed to sleep in and mirish carpets on the floor, but it was dark and windowless, much like a dungeon when you come down to it, to as uh, I told the at the time. Your skies were too grey, your wine's too sweet, your women too chaste. Your foot too bland, and you yourself were greatest disappointment of all. I had just been born. What did you expect of me? Enormity. The black-haired prince replied, you were small, but far-famed. We were in old town at your birth, and uh, all the city talked of was uh, the monster that had been born to the king's hand and what such an omen might foretell for the real famine, plague and war, no doubt. Tyrion gave a sore smile. It's always a famine plague and war. Oh and winter and long night that never ends. Oh that's Prince Oberyn, and your father the war as well. Lotowin had made himself great than King Ares. I heard one begin, "Brother Peach," but only a god is meant to stand above a king. You were his curse, a punishment sent by the gods to teach him that he was no better than any other man. I try, but he refuses to learn. Tyrion gave a sigh, but do go on. I pray you, I love a good tale, and where you might since you were said to have one a stiff curly tail like a swine's your head was monstrous huge he heard half again the size of your body and you had been born with thick black hair and a beard besides an evil eye and lion's clothes your teeth were Your teeth were um, so long, you could not close your mouth, and between your legs were a girl's privates as well as a boy's. That would be much simpler if men could fuck themselves, don't you agree? And I can think of a few times when clothes and teeth might have proved useful, even so I begin to see the nature of your complaint. Brown gave out with a chuckle, but Oberyn only smiled. We might never have seen you at all, but for your sweet sister, you were never seen at table or all. Though sometime a night we could hear a baby holding down in the depth of the rock, you did have a monstrous great voice. I must grant you that you would wail. Four hours, and nothing would quiet you but a woman's teeth. Still true, as it happens. This time Prince Aubrey did laugh. A taste we share. Lord Garland once saw me. He hoped to die with a sword in his hand, to which I replied that I would sooner go with a brace in mine. Tyrion had to grin. You were speaking of my sister. The sea from Miss Elia to show you to us. The day before we were to sail, whilst my mother and your father were closeted to together, she and Jim took us down to your nursery. Your wet nurse tried to send us off, but your sister was having known of that. He's mine, she said, and you are just a milk cow. You can't tell me what to do. Be quiet or I'll have my father cut your tongue out. A cow doesn't need a tongue, only others. A grace learned a charm at at an early age, said Tyrion, amused by the notion of his sister claiming him as hers. She's never been in any rush to claim me since the gods... No, so see even undid your swaddling clothes to give us a better look, the Dornish prince continued. You did have one evil eye and some black fuss on your scalp. Perhaps your head was larger than most, but there was no tail, no beard, neither teeth, nor clothes, and nothing between your legs but a teeny pink. After all the wonderful whispers, a lot of wisdom turned out to be just a uh, uh, hideous red infant with standard legs. Elieva made the noise that young girls make at the sight of infants, I'm sure you have heard it. The same noise they make over cute kittens, kittens and playful puppies. I believe she wanted to nurse you herself. Ugly as you were. When I commented that you seemed a poor sort of monster, your sister said he killed my brother, and twisted your little cock so I I thought she was like to pull it off. You shrieked, but it was only when your brother James said, leave him be, you are hurting him, that Cersei let go of you. It doesn't matter, she told us, everyone says he is like to die soon. He shouldn't even have lived this long. The sun was shining bright above them, and the day was pleasantly warm for autumn, but even Lannister went cold all over when he heard that. My sweet sister, he scratched at the scar of his nose and gave the Dornishman man a taste of his evil eye. Now, why would he tell such a tale, is uh, he testing me or simply twisting my cock as Cersei did uh, so he can hear me scream? Be sure and tell that story to my father, it will delight him as much as it did me. The part about my tale, especially, I did have one, but he had it looped off. Prince Opearian had a chuckle. You've grown more amusing since last we met. Yes, but I mean I meant to grow taller. While we are speaking of amusement, I heard a curious tale from Lord Buckler Ward. He claimed that you had put a tax on women's private purses. It is a tax of a Warring mm. mm. said Tyrion, irritated all over again, and it was my bloody father's notion. Only oh, a penny for each. Uh, act. The king's hand thought it might help improve the morals of the city and pay for Geoffrey's wedding bedside. He to say, as master of coin, Tyrion had gotten. Uh, Tyrion had gotten all the blame for it. Brown said they were calling it a uh, dwarf serpent in the streets. Spread your legs for the wine skins if the sense word could be believed. I will make certain to keep my poach full open as even a prince must pay his taxes. Why should you need to go worrying? He glanced back to where Alaria's son rode among the other woman. Did you tire your paramour on the road? Never We share too much. Prince Alberian shrugged. Never we share too much, Prince Oberyn shrugged. We have never shared a beautiful blonde woman, however, and Elaria is curious. Do you know of such a creature? I am a man wedded, though not yet bedded. I no longer frequent whores unless I want to see them angered. Oberyn abruptly changed the subject. It's said there are to be seventy-seven dishes served at the King's Wedding Feast. Are you hungry, my Prince? I have hungered for a long time, though not for food. Party, tell me, when will the Justice be served? Justice? Yes, that is why he is here. I should have seen that at once. You are closer to your sister. As children, Edia and I were inseparable, much like your own brother and sister. Gods, I hope not. Wars and weddings have we- have kept us well occupied, Prince Auberin. I fear no one has yet had the time to look into murders sixteen years still, dreadful as they were. We shall, of course, just as soon as we may. Any help that I might be able to provide to restore the king's peace would only hasten uh, the beginning of my lord father's inquiry. Dwarf, said the red viper, in a tone grown markedly less cordial, spare me your Lannister lies. Is uh, it ship you take as for fall or false? My brother is not a blue, this thirsty man, but neither as uh, he been asleep. For sixteen years, John Irving came to Sansville the year after Robert took the throne, and you can be sure that he was questioned closely. him had a hundred more. I did not come for some Ma as a show of an inquiry. I came for justice for Elia and her children, and I will have it, starting with uh, this Lumox Gregor again. But not, I think, ending there before he dies, the enormity that writes will tell me when came his orders. Please assure your Lord Father of that. He smiled, and all the septen once claimed I was living proof of the goodness of the gods. Do you know why that is imp? No, Tyrion admitted worldly. Why, if the gods were cruel, they would have made me my mother firstborn, and Doran her third. I am a blue thirsty man, you see, and it is me you must contend with now, not my patient, prudent and goaty brother. Tuna could see the sun shining on the black water rush of a mile ahead. And on the walls and towers and hills of King's Landing beyond, he glanced over his shoulder at a glittering column following them up the King's Road. You speak like a man with a great horse at his back, yet all I see are three hundred. Do you spy that city there north of the river? The mizzen heap you call King's Landing. You call King's Landing, that's the very one. Not only do I see it, I believe I smell it now. Then take a good sniff, my lord. Fill up your nose. Half a million people stink more than three hundred. You'll find. Do you smell the gold clocks? There are near five thousand of them. My father. Um. Father's own sword. Swords must account for another twenty thousand. And then there are the roses. Roses smell so sweet, don't they? Especially when there are so many of them. Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand roses in the city all camped outside. I can't really say how many are left, but there's more than I care to count anyway. Martel gave a shrug. In dawn, a whole before we married heaven it was said that all flowers bow before the sun. Should the roses seek to hinder me I'll gladly trample them underfoot. As you trampled Willas Tyrell? The Dornishman did not react as expected. I had a letter for from Willas not half a year past. We share an interest in fine oars flesh, he has never borne me any ill will for what happened in the lists. I struck his breastplate clean, but his foot caught in a syrup as he fell, as, a, and his horse came down on top of him. I sent a master to him afterward, but it was all he could do to save the boy's leg. The knee was far past the mending. If any were to blame it was his uh, woe of a feather of a father. Willas Terra was green as his suit coat and had no business riding in such company. The Fat Flower thrust him into Tonneys head to tender an age, just as he did with the other two. He wanted another low long thorn and made himself a cripple. There are those who say Sir Lawrence is better than Leo Thorne ever sa- said, said Tyrion. Family is a little rose? I doubt that. Doubt it all you wish, said Tyrion, but Sir Lawrence has defeated many good knights, including my brother James. By defeated you mean unhorsed in tourney? Tell me who he has slain in battle if you mean to frighten me. Sir Robert Royce and Sir Amon Guy, for two, and me, and a man, say he performed the prodigious feats of valor on the Blackwater, fighting beside Lord Lee's ghost. So, this same man who saw the prodigious feats saw the ghosts as well, yes? The Dornish laughed lightly. Tyrion gave him a long look. On the street of silk, as several girls who might suit your needs. Denzi has here the color of honey, Mary's is pale white gold. I would advise you to keep one or the other by your side at all times, my lord. At all times, Prince O'Brien lifted a thin black eyebrow. And why is that, my good imp? You want to die with a breast in hand, you said. Tyrion cantered on head to where the fairy badges waited on the south bank on the Blackwater. He had suffered all he meant to suffer, of what was said for Dornish Wit. Father should father should have sent Geoffrey after all. He could have asked the Prince Oberyn if he knew how a Dornishman man differed from a cow flop. That made him grin despite himself. He would have to make a point of being on hand when the red viper was presented to the king. The man on the roof was the first to die. He was crouched down by the chimney, 200 yard, oh, yards away. No more than a vague shadow in the predawn gloom, but as the sky began to lighten, his tears stretched and stood. A guy's arrow took him in the chest. He turned breathed really bonelessly down the steep late pitch, and fell in front of the tree door. The mammals had posted two guards there, but their torch left them night blind, and the outlaws had crept in close. Kyle and Notch. Let fly together. One man went down with an arrow throughout his throat, the other throughout his belly. The second man dropped the torch and the flames leaked up at him. He screamed as his clothes took fire, and that was the end of Scyth. Thoros gave a shout, and the outlaws attacked in. Ernest, Arya watched from atop her horse, on the crest on the wooden ridge that overlooked the sap tree mill, through house and stables and the desolation of weeds, burnt trees and mud and surrounded them. The trees were mostly bare now, and the few with hard brown leaves and still clung to the branches did a little to obstruct her view. Lord Berwick had left where less deacon Majid. to guard them. Arya hated being left behind like uh, she was some stupid child, but at the least Gendry had been kept back as well. She knew better than to try and argue. This was battle, and in battle you had to be. The eastern horizon glowed gold and pink, and hover had a half moon picked up through how low scattering clouds. The wind blew cold and aria, could hear the rush of water and the creak of the mill's great wooden water wheel. There was a smell of rain in the dawn here. But no draughts were falling yet. Flaming arrows flew throughout the morning mists, trailing pale ribbons on fire, of fire, and thudded into the wooden walls of the sub A few smashed throughout shattered windows, and soon enough thin tendrils of smoke were rising between the broken shutters. Two mammals came bursting from the sub Side by side, axes in their hands, and guy and the other archers were waiting. One axeman died once. The other managed to duck. So the shaft ripped throughout his shoulder. He staggered on till two more arrows found him so quickly it was hard to say which had struck first. The long shaft punched throughout his breastplate as if it had been made of silk instead of steel. He fell heavily. And Guy had arrows tipped with bootkins as well as broad hats. A bootkin could pierce even, even a heavy plate. I'm going to learn to shoot a bow, Arya thought. She loved the sword fighting. But she could see how arrows were good too. Thrings were creeping up the west wall of the cemetery, and thick smoke poured throughout a broken window. A merish crossbowman poked his head out a different window, got off a bolt, and ducked down to rewind. She could hear fighting from the stables as well. Shots well mingle with the screams of horses and the clang of steel kill them all she thought fiercely she beat her lips so hard she tasted blood kill every single one the crossbowman appeared again but no sooner had he loosed them three arrows hissed the past his heart one rattle of his arm he vanished bow and all oh. I could see flames in several of the second story windows. Between the smoke and the morning mists, here was a haze of blowing black and white. And Guy and the other bowmen were creeping closer, the better to find targets. Then the subterranean erupted, the murmurs boiling out like angry ants. Two Ibaneers uh, rushed through the door with a shaggy brown shields held high before them, and behind them came a Dothraki with uh, a great curved haraka and bells in his braid, and behind three volunteers, says walls covered with fire statues. Others were climbing out widows and dipping into the ground. I saw a man take an arrow throughout the chest with one leg across the windows a windows seal and heard his he scream as he fell. The smoke was thickening. Carous and arrows sped back and forth. What if I with a grunt? His bows slipping from his hand. Kai was trying to knock another shaft to his string. When a man in black mail flung a spear throughout his belly. She heard Lord Beric shout. From out of the ditches and trees the rest of his band came pouring steel in hand. Arya saw Lamb's bright yellow clock flapping behind him as he rode down the man who'd killed Kyle. Tarzan and Lord Berwick were everywhere, their swords wheeled in fire. The red priest hicked at a hard shield until it flew to pieces, while well, his horse kicked the man in the face. At the Thraki screamed and charged the Lightning Lord, and the flaming sword leapt out to meet his Iraq. The blades kissed and spooned and kissed again. Then the Thraki's ear was ablaze, and a moment later he was dead. She spied Ned to fighting at Lightning Lord's side. It's not fair, he's only a little older than me. They should have let me fight. The battle did not last very long. The brave companions, still on their feet, soon died or threw down their swords. Two of the Dutraki managed to regain their horses and flee, but only because of Berry let them go. Let them carry the war back to Harunal, he said, with Framis' war in hand. It will give the leash lord and his goat a few more sleepless nights. Check <laughs> Vidaki. Harwin and Marriott, or Montwon, braved the burying scepter to search for captives. They emerged from the smoke and flames a few moments later, weighed eight brown brothers, one so weak that Marriott had to carry him across her shoulder. There was a scepter with them as well, round shoulder and balding, but he wore backed mail over his gray robes. Upon him uh, hiding under the cellar steps, said Jack Catherine Toro smiled to see him. You are at Septon at a man of good a god. What God would want like of you? bold lamb I have sinned the septon will I know, I know. Forgive me, Father. Oh grievously have I sinned. I remember something out from her time at Arnold. So well the fool say he always wept and prayed for forgiveness after he had killed his latest boy? Sometimes he even made the other mamas discourage him. They all thought that was very funny. Abbeys slammed his wall into its cover, quenching the flames give thine dying gift of mercy and bind the other's hand and foot for trial he commanded and it was done the trials went swiftly various of the outlaws came forward to tell of things the brave companions had done towns and villages, sacked crops, burned women, raped and murdered men, maiden, and tortured. A few spoken of the boys that Septon Arter had carried off. The Septon wept and prayed throughout the role. I am a weak reed, it will, Lord Beric. I pray to the warrior for strength, but the gods made me weak. Have me mercy on my weakness, the boys? the sweet boys, I never meant to hurt them. Saption Art soon dangled beneath at, uh, at all and um, swinging slowly by the neck as neck naked as his name they. The other brave companions followed one by one a few fold kicking in a as the news was tightened round their throats. One of the crossbowmen kept shouting, I soldier, I soldier. In a thick, mirish ascent, another offered to lead his captors to gold. Arthur told them what a good outlaw he would make. Each was stripped and bound, and angered in turn. Thompson's string prayed a dirge for them on his wood harp, and Toros implored the Lord of Light to roast their souls until the end of time. Amamosri Arya thought. As she watched them dangle, their pale skins painted a sudden red by the flames of the burning sceptre, already the crowds were coming, appearing out of nowhere. She heard them croaking and cackling at one another, and wondered what they were saying. I had no fear, except not as much as she did Roger and Peter and some of the others here at Arunar, but she was glad that he was there all the same should have hanged the hound too or chopped his head off instead to her disgust. The outlaws had treated some against burned arm. The stole his gold and holes and armor and set him free. A few miles from the hollow hill all they had taken was his gold. The secretary soon collapsed in a roar of smoke and flame. It was no longer able to support the weight of its heavy The roof, the eight brown brothers watched with the salination. They were all there to remain, explained at the eldest, who wore a small iron hammer on a thong about his neck to signify his devotion to the smith. Before the war, we were four and forty, and this was a prosperous place. We had a dozen milk cows and a hundred bee heaves, a vineyard, and an apple arbor. But when the lions came through out, they took out all our wine and milk and honey, slaughtered the cows, and put our vineyard to the After that, I have lost count of our visitors. This whole Saturn was only the latest. There was one monster. We gave him all our silver, but he was certain we were hiding gold. So his men killed us one by one to make out the brother talk. How did the height of uh, you survive? asked Angai the author. I am ashamed, the old man said. It was me. When it came my turn to die, I told them where our gold was hiding. Hidden, brother, the say. toros of Mir. the only shame was not telling them at once. The outlaws sheltered that night in the brew-house beside the little river. The hosts had a cache of food hidden beneath the plume of the stables, so they shared a simple supper, and bread onions, and a watery cabbage soup tasting faintly of garlic. Arya found a slice of carrot, filled in her bowl, and counted herself lucky. The brothers never asked the, the outlaws for names they know, Arya thought. How could they not? A wore the lightning bolt on breastplate, plate, shield and clock, and thoros, his red robes, or what remained of them. One brother, a young Brunviz, was blue was bold enough to tell the red priest not to pray, to his false God so long as he was under their fo- the roof bugger that said Lemon clock he is our God too and you all us for your bloody leaves and what's false about him might be your Smith can man d- a broken sword but can he hear a broken man? Enough, lamb, Balbary commanded. Beneath the ear and off we will honour their rules. Their sun will not cease to shine if we miss a prayer or two. Thoros agreed mildly, I am one who would know. Balbary himself did not eat, Arya had never seen him eat, though from time to time he took a cup of wine. He did not seem to sleep, either, his good eye would open closer as if from weariness, but when you spoke to him it would flick open again at once. The Marcher Lord was still clad in the ratty black cloak, and dented breastplate with his chipped animal lightly. He even slept in that breastplate to do black seal he the terrible wound the hound had given him, the same way his thick woolen scarf concealed the dark ring about his throat, but nothing uh, hid. His broken head all caved in uh, at uh, the temple or the raw red pit that was uh, his missing eye, or uh, the shape uh, of the skull beneath his face. Hara looked at him warily, remembering all the tales told of him in arena. Lord Berwick seemed to sense her fear. He turned his head and beckoned her closer. Do I frighten you, child? No. She uh, she chewed her lip. Only, well, I thought uh, the hound uh, had killed you, but. Uh, a wound, said Lemon Clock. A grievous wound. Aye, uh, yeah, but Tarosa uh, healed it. There has uh, never been no matter healer. Lord Barry gazed had Lamb with a queer a queer look in his good eye, and no look at all in the other only scars and dried blood. No better healer, he agreed wearily. Lamb passed time to change the watch uh, the watch, I think, see to it if you would be so good. I am a lord, Lamb. It's big yellow clocks will be hiding, as he strolled out into the windy night. Even brave men blind themselves sometimes, when they are afraid to see, Lord Beric said when Lamb was gone. Thoros, how many times have you brought me back now? The red priest bowed his head. It is Ruh who brings you back, my lord, the lord of light. I am only his instrument. How many times, Lord Beric insisted. Six, Thoros said reclutantly, and each time is order. You gave a uh, groan reckless, uh, my lord. Is that so very sweet? Sweet? No, my friend, not sweet. Then do not court it uh, so, Lord Tywin, lads from the rear, Lord Stannis as well. You would be wise to do the same. A seven death might mean the end of both of us. Lord Barryk touched the spot above his left ear where his temple was caved in. He was well button car, car, um, crack hole, broke him uh, and had with a blow of his mace. He unwound his scarf, exposing the black bruise that encircled his neck. Here the mark, the manticle made at Russian Falls. He says that poor beekeeper and his wife, thinking they were mine, and let it be known far and wide that he would hang them both unless I gave myself up to him. When I did, he hanged them anyway and me on gibbet between them. He lifted a finger to the raw red pit on his uh, high. Here is. Uh, where uh, the mountain thrust uh, his uh, dirk, who out my visor, a weary smile brushed uh, his lips. That's thrice I have died, at the hands of Ausk You would think that I might have learned. It was a uh, jest uh, Aria knew, but Thoros did not laugh. He put her hand on Lord Beric's shoulder. Best not to dwell on it. Can dwell on what I scarce remember. I held a castle on the marshes of and there was a woman I was pledged to marry. But I could do. But I could not find that castle today, nor tell you, the color of that woman's hair. Who knighted me, old friend? What were my favorite foods? It all fades. Sometimes I think I was born on the blue grass in that grave of ash, with the taste of fire in my mouth and a hole in my chest. Are you my mother, Taurus? I stared at the mirish priest's all shaggy hair, and the pink rags and bits of old armor gray stubble covered his cheeks and the sagging skin beneath his chin. He did not look much like the wizards in old nun stories but even so. Could you bring back a man without a hat? Aria asked. Just once, not six times. Could you? I have no magic child, only prayers. That first time his lordship had a whole right throughout him and the blood in his mouth. I knew there was no hope, so when his poor torn chest. I gave him the good God's own kiss to send him on his way. I filled my mouth with fire and breathed the flames inside him, down his throat to lungs and heart and soul. The last kiss it is called, and many a time I saw the old priests bestow it on the Lord's servants as they died. I had given it a time or two myself, as all priests must, but never before, At, I felt a dead man shudder as the fire feared him, nor seeing his eyes come open. It was not me who raised him, my lady, it was the Lord. war is not done with him yet. Life is warmth, and warmth is fire, and fire is God's and God's alone. Aira felt tears well in her eyes. Taurus used a lot of words, but all they meant was no. That much she understood. Your father was a good man, Lord Beric said. "'Awin has told me much of him. For his sake, I would gladly forego your ransom, but we need the gold too desperately. She chewed her lip. That's true, I guess. He had given the hands gold to Green Beard, and the huntsman to buy provisions south of the Mandar, the Shinu. The last of us were this one, is drowning, and winter will soon be on us. She had heard him say when he sent them off, the small folk need grain and seed and we need baits and horses. Too many of my men ride around sails and drays And mules against foes mounted on crosses and astrails. Hardy didn't know how much Rob would pay for her, Though he was a king now. Not the boy she'd laughed at Winterfell with snow in his hair. And if he knew the things she'd done, the stable boy and the guard at Arona and all. but if my brother doesn't want to ransom me? Why would you think that? asked Lord Berwick. Well, I said, my hair is messy, and my nails are dirty, and my feet are all art. Rob wouldn't care about that, probably, but her mother would. Lady Kathleen always wanted her to be like Sansa, to sing and dance and see you and mind her courtesies. Just thinking of it made Aria try to comb her hair with her fingers but it was all tangles and mats, and all she did was tear some out. I ruined that gown that Lady wood gave me and I don't you so good. She chewed her lip, I don't you very well, I mean, September then used to say I had a blacksmith's hands. And we do. gently hooted The soft little things. He called it out. You couldn't even hold a hammer. I could if I wanted. She snapped at him. Pearls chucked. Your brother will pay to have no fear on that count. Yes, but what if he won't she insisted, that well, very excited that I will uh, send you to Lady Smallwood for a time, or perhaps to my own castle of Blackway Heaven. but that will not be necessary, I'm certain. I do not have the power to give you back your father no more than Terus does, but I can at least see that you are returned safely to your mother's arms. "'Do you swear?' she asked him. "'Uran had promised to take her home, too. "'Only he'd gotten killed inside. "'Oh, my honour, as a knight,' the lightning lord said suddenly. "'It was raining when Len returned to the house. muttering curses as water ran off his yellow clock to puddle on the floor. "'Anguy and Jack, be lucky, sat by the door. Ronin dice, but no matter which game they played, One-eyed jackass had no luck at all. Some seven strings replaced a string on his woo And sung the mother's tears when Willem's wife was wet. Lord Heart rolled out on a rainy day, And then the reins of Castamere. And who are you, the proud Lord said, That I must bow so low. Only a cat of a different coat, that's all the truth I know. In a coat of gold or coat of red, a lion's seal as close. And mine are long and sharp, my lord, as long and sharp as yours. And so he spoke, and so he spoke, that lord of custom But now the reins with all hair is whole, with no one there to hear. Yes, now the reins with all hair is all and not a soul to hear. Finally Tom ran out of rain sounds and put away his arm. Then there was only the sound of the rain itself beating down on the slate roof of the brew house. The dice game ended, and Arya stood on one leg and then the other, listening to Marriott complained about his oars throwing a short. I could show him for you, said Gendry all of a sudden. I was only a apprentice, but my master said my hand was made to hold a hammer. I can show horses, close up rants in mail, and beat the dance from plate. I bet I could make swords too. What are you saying, lad? Ask, I will ask me for you. Gendry went to one knee before the bag. If you have me, my Lord, I could be of use. I've made tools and knives, and once I made a helmet that wasn't so bad, one of the men stole it from me when we was taken. I bit her lip. He means to leave me too. You would better, serve literally everywhere said La I cannot pay for your work. No one ever did. I won't afford. And food to hit some place I can sleep. That's enough, my lord. A smith can find a welcome must A skilled armourer, even more so. Why would you choose to stay with us? I watched Gendry screw up his stupid face, thinking. At the hollow hill, what you said about being King Robert's man and brothers. I like that. I like that you gave the hound a trial. Love button just angered folk or took off the heads and lord away and Sir Amory were the same I'd sooner was made for you. We got plenty of me needs, Mandy my Mallard. Jack reminded love Barry, must we took off the dead, and there's horse where that came through out. You must be a lack boy, said Lamb. Uh, we were out low born scam, most of us Accepting his lordship. Don't think it'll be like lifetime's fool songs, any You won't be stealing no kisses from a princess, no riding in, no turning his in stolen armor. You join us, you and with your neck in a nose, or your head mounted up above some castle gate. It's no more than they do for you, said Gendry. Ah, yeah, that's so said Jack B. cheerfully. The crowds await us all. My lord, the boy, seems brave enough. And we do have need of what he brings us. Take him, says Jack, and quick, suggested Arwen, chuckling before the fever passes and he comes back to his senses. I will a smile crossed the barbaric lips, was my sword. This time the lightning lord did not set the blade of fire, But merely laid it light on Gendry's shoulder. Gendry, do you swear before the eyes of gods and men To defend those who cannot defend themselves, To protect all women and children, To obey your captains, your liege lord, And your king to fight bravely, and need it, and so, and do such other tasks as uh, are laid upon you, however hard or humble or dangerous they may be, I do, my Lord.